Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think a new team has arrived in the AFC West, and their name is the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Herbert stops, launches deep. Jalen Guyton, he's got it. Herbert fires open, making the grab. Mike Williams down the sideline. 17-yard line, look out again. Intercepted. And we're back with another episode of the Shock Therapy Podcast. Tyler Lawrence and Zach Alfers are your hosts. Uh, a lot of stuff going on this week. For one, we got a playoff game coming up. For two, we just lost to a really, really bad Broncos team. Um, we're playing starters way longer than we should have. Uh, there's just so much going on right now. Let me get your thoughts on this game a little bit. Um, I think the first thing we got to talk about, Brandon Staley and him keeping starters in as long as he did. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's tough to watch. Um, that was a, not the way you want to end your season. You know, we entering that game red hot four game winning streak, one of the best defenses in the league during that span. And then just lay an absolute dud, um, make Russell Wilson look like a, a viable, legit franchise quarterback again. Um, just too many mistakes across the board. And really what I saw was one team trying to go out um, knowing that was their last game and, and they put everything into it. I thought you saw a lot more energy and a lot more focus from the Denver uh, players in this game. And the Chargers just looked uninspired. They, they made way too many mistakes. I think we gave up nine passes or nine plays, more than 20 yards, uh, three passes uh, for over 50 plus yards, just an absolute meltdown um, in all phases. And, and then, yeah, I, I think you started seeing the injuries pile up. Um, would have liked to see Staley go to the bench a little earlier than he did, but then kind of listening to him, looking the way our roster's constructed, there's not a whole lot of bodies to go to. Um, I, I, I get you're trying to build momentum. Would have liked to see, you know, the Justin Herberts, the Keenan Allens go to the bench a little earlier. Um, but listening to Staley's reasoning, 
just didn't have a whole lot of guys on the active roster to, to take those snaps. Um, one of those like lose, lose situations. If you're the chargers, I'm just happy we're, we're done with it. We got out of it with, with, what looked like a very bad situation with Mike Williams injury, the, the Kenneth Murray injury, the Joey Bosa aggravating his groin all looks to be not so looks to be, you know, we, we have better information now. It's looking like it's not going to be a big deal. Um, I'm just happy that game's behind us and we got a, a playoff game to focus for or look forward to this upcoming week because that, that was an absolute unwatchable game. Um, I, I'm bummed that I had to force myself to, to watch that for four quarters. Cause it, it was embarrassing, honestly. You know, one of the, the, one of my favorite analysts, Colin Coward, um, he said something that was really interesting on the herd. Uh, he said that Brandon Staley did not play the starters during the preseason. Why? Because he didn't want them to get hurt because those games don't matter. Right. Yeah. And then if you take a like look at Brandon Staley playing his starters in a week 17 game when you have the fifth seed locked up, you have nothing to gain by winning that game or losing that game. You have everything to lose. You could lose your starting quarterback. You could have lost Mike Williams. Uh, you could have lost Derwin James, which is the heart and soul of your defense, right? Like you have so much on the line that you could lose and you really don't have very much time to get better. Right. Um, there are some things you could clean up. There's some things you could try. There's, you know, you could try to, I don't know, put, uh, you could potentially put your left tackle at left guard and see how he plays that game. You can kind of play with the little things here and there, but overall the risk reward uh, of what you gain by playing that game and what you lose by potential injuries uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's not very consistent. If you're not going to play them in the preseason because the game does not matter, how much does this game matter? And I, I understand the reasoning. I think that the one thing that I want to point out is in the preseason, you have a roster of 90 guys as opposed to this game. We had 48 guys. So I, I think that's one big difference that that you need to take into account um the second thing that that i will say i like the idea of playing the starters i just don't like the length that they were playing first off i i like getting my the starting guys out there for one we haven't seen this team at full strength for much of the year and now the biggest reason i i think it's important is because this time of the year is all about momentum and playoff rust is a real thing and i was taking a look at this that over the last 10 years teams who rest their starters have a winning percentage of 33 percent uh come that first week of playoffs guys that play their starters that win percentage goes up to 78 almost 80 percent so can you say that again that's really really interesting isn't that interesting over the last 10 years teams to rest their starters staggeringly poor 33 percent win percentage in that first round of the playoffs now the guys that play their Starters, that goes up to 78.6% win percentage in that first playoff game. So that's huge. Um, now, my problem with it is the amount, the how long we kept those guys in there, especially with the injuries that were adding up in that game, um, especially the way that game was, was trending. You know, like it, it seemed it got out of hand pretty fast. Um, and we were battling back at the end, but I thought it was unnecessary given that you're, you're a comp, 
the goal there is just to get guys in rhythm, just to play. I thought I said last week I wanted to see a half. Um, I thought Keenan Allen playing the full game, uh, Justin Herbert not getting taken out until like the last drive in the fourth quarter. I thought that the length of how long the starters were in, that's my issue. I don't have a, a, a problem playing our starters this game just because of those win percentages I was talking about. Uh, my problem with it is just how long the guys stay in, especially with those injuries. You know, I think there's so much to gain from playing young players in those key situations deep into the game, right? But yeah, you've only got 48 players on the roster. Justin Herbert is a play piece that's way too valuable, right? Yeah. Uh, Chase Daniel, you got to make a decision on if you're going to bring him back next season. Uh, even Easton Sick would have been a great player to have had active, right? And be able to see what he can do. Um, you look at a player like Austin Eckler, who's so vital, oh, right? He, Put him yeah. on a snap, snap count. Give Joshua Kelly, who's a free agent next season, those snaps and see how does he play with those snaps. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, I would have been okay with Keenan Allen just not being active, right? Uh, giving a young guy like Josh Palmer, Michael Bandy, even DeAndre Carter uh, reps, more reps, I, I would have even been okay – giving like making the starters play the entire game, but on snap counts, right? Half of what they usually play. Yeah. Um, Donald Palmer, he's going to be a free agent, right? Like getting some of these reps for some of these younger guys can just be so instrumental. I, I, I think that you can make a case that you can play starters deep into the game on a meaningless game. If they're young players and they're trying to, to learn the system, get some playing time, get some game film for them to, to study, like real game film, right? Uh, some of these players that are a little more into their careers, who we know who they are at this point, Joey Bosa, we know a lot about, we know a lot about Darwin James, Michael Davis. A, a lot of those players can be replaced by Chris Rumpf. You can replace them with uh, Jasir Taylor. Uh, it would have been nice to have gotten Dean Leonard some meaningful snaps Right. Like I think there would have been so much to gain by playing young players in those key situations. Yeah, it's only 46 active on game day. But a lot of those younger players who played 10 snaps the entire game. Why? Right. If you want to come out and you want to establish some meaningful drives in the first half uh, with some of your starters to keep them in rhythm, keep them fresh. Um, go ahead and do that. But put them on a snap count and get some younger guys who could play significant minutes, right? I want I want just kind of throw out a scenario, right? Let's say Asante Samuel and Bryce Callahan both go down. Now you're putting Jasiro Taylor, who's had two games as a starter this season, and Dean Leonard in a starting position, and Dean Leonard hasn't gotten any reps at that. Uh, JT Woods would have been another good player to have seen him play at the safety position. There's just so much benefit that you could have had from playing some of these young guys and being able to grade them. And, and that's going to help you make decisions come the off season. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I think again, first off talking about receivers, Keenan Allen was in there because once Mike went down, we only had four, four receivers. We had only dressed five receivers for this game. Mike Williams, Deandre Carter, uh, Josh Palmer, Keenan Allen and who am I forgetting here? Michael Bandy and Bandy. So when Mike going out, you only had four guys. So that's why Keenan was playing. We only had four total guys. You take yeah, Keenan but Michael out of the Bandy game. wasn't playing. 
they put DeAndre Carter and Josh Palmer out there with Keenan Allen, and you only had three receivers at the time. You could have played Michael Bandy there. Well, then maybe you play Mike, but still, even if Michael Bandy's in that equation, you only have four guys to go to. You're talking about the the DBs. Bryce Callahan was was didn't dress in this game. Dean Leaner didn't play super meaningful snaps, but I saw him out there. Um, I, I think again, in a perfect world, yeah, you're you're have 48 healthy guys, and you can play your second string guys. And if an injury occurs to that unit, insert your starters. But it's not it's not a perfect world. This is the NFL. No. This is Week 18, a new, longer, elongated season. This shit adds up. Um, we're lucky that that we're only. You know, we get to get through this game and hopefully get everybody back and healthy. You know, we activated Rayshon Slater. We are in a very fortunate position as a, a football team heading into the playoffs. A lot of teams are way more banged up, beat up than we are right now at this point. Um, and and I, I get the frustration. I think you we aren't taking into consideration enough the, the healthy, viable bodies that we had accessible that game, uh, which were, I think, a lot less than people are, are giving Brandon Staley and, and this team credit for. Now, I, I'll take all – all I want to say is, again, I think our guys played the, – the, those main guys that you're keen on, I think played a little too many snaps for, for my liking. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up, Jerry Judy had his best game of his career. Nearly 200 good. yards of all-purpose yards. Five receptions, 154 yards. And it seemed like every time it was like a 50-yard game. Like it, he was getting so far wide open in the deep part of the field and just blown coverages. Um, and they were yeah. doing a lot of things like making the, the cornerback bite on something underneath and finding Jerry Judy, who was on a crosser coming from the total opposite side of the field and just finding them for big gains. Uh, he was also a threat in the run game. He had three carries for 40 yards. Like he obliterated the chargers secondary, our starters, right? Michael Davis and Asante Samuel. Uh, and they, they got them matched up with some of the safeties and kind of that, that weird part of the area, the fear field where, is it the corner? Is it the the safety's responsibility? Uh, he got loose quite a bit. And the, the Chargers had no answer for Jerry Judy in this game. Um, any closing remarks about this game? I really don't want to talk about it too, too much because I, I kind of want to get into the playoff matchup. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I've already said what I wanted to say. It's a it, That's a, a tough way to end the season, but it is – Okay, only because you got another a team to prepare for, and it's January. We're playing meaningful football in January. It's a long time coming. I can't wait to see Justin Herbert prime time with a playoff patch on his chest. Um, this is going to be exciting, and it's a team that up going up against the Jaguars who embarrassed us week three of the season. It's time to get some payback uh, on, the, on the most meaningful game of Justin Herbert's career. How, uh, how could you not be excited for this? Yeah, it's the first game you're going to get a primetime Justin Herbert. The Chargers do play on Saturday at 5.15 p.m. I'm honest. I've been all over looking at flights trying to see if I can find my way to get there without it being too expensive. Tickets are not that expensive. No? You can get, like, nosebleeds for $150, right? Whoa. Um, yeah, like, that's, like, for a playoff game, you're not going to find that anywhere. You can find kind of in that 200 section, kind of in the middle – um, you can find those going for $250, $300 a ticket. 
and as we get closer to the game, those tend to drop closer and closer as you get there. Uh, the issue being a flight from San Diego to Jacksonville is like yeah. $750. So, and not to mention hotel. I've been looking nonstop because I would love to go to an away playoff game like that. And, and uh, just Jacksonville just seems to be a little too far. Um, Jaguars look a lot better than people have gave them credit for at the beginning of the season. Um, they are missing um, their running back who they traded away to the Jets. Um, James Robinson. James Robinson. Uh, Travis Etienne has stepped in and played pretty phenomenally. Phenomenal. This is a little bit of a revenge game for the for the Chargers. How do you think this game is going to go? Well, um, I'm I'm expecting a, a way better, way different game um, than than we played in Week Three. Uh, it's a we're a lot different. They're a lot different. Um, and now you have two teams who, led by young quarterbacks, have kind of felt their identity. At least they they found out what they they want to do. Um, and now it's all about executing it, it's playoff time. And I think the, the most exciting point for me is, is our defense is, is completely different. They gashed us on the ground for 151 yards. Um, the last time we played now, a hundred of those came from James Robinson, who's no longer on the team. Um, and then, and 50 of those yards came all on a busted run from James Robinson. And so if you take that 50 yard uh, run out of the equation, they had 101 yards on 35 attempts. That's a, just 2.8 yards a carry. That's, we were doing our thing. The problem is that they had 36 rushing attempts, killed us on, on time of possession, uh, 38 minutes to just our 21 minutes. Um, and, and they were efficient. You know, we turned the ball over twice. They, they stayed clean. They, we, we only scored one touchdown out of three red zone trips. Um, they were three for four, I believe, um, efficient on third down, went two for three on fourth down. They, they just made the plays when they were supposed to. Um, but I'm excited because Joey Bosa went down in that game. He's coming back nice and healthy. Um, you, we were missing pieces. Uh, we are still playing Jerry Tillery up in the middle. They didn't see uh, Morgan Fox. They saw very limited snaps of Sebastian Joseph Day. Um, so I, I'm excited. I think this team, this our defense is a lot different. Um, and I think our strengths kind of play into their weaknesses. And, and I think their weaknesses kind of play into our strengths. I'm talking about we're trying to pass the ball. We are the second in the NFL on, on after the regular season with 41 pass attempts a game. Justin Herbert's going to throw the ball. Jacksonville's the 30th worst pass defense in the league. Um, and that's according to football outsiders. Now we have a top 10 defense against the pass. They want to get the ball into Trevor Lawrence hands. They think they have a franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. We are, we are 10th in the league in, in defending the pass. And we've only been getting better hitting our stride ever since the bye week. And so I'm excited. Yeah. Jacksonville's on a five game winning streak. Only one of those teams they played and that course had a, a, a winning record. So it, this is going to be exciting. This is playoff football, and I, I couldn't be more excited to see Justin Herbert in prime time under the lights, trying to prove to all the doubters that that he belongs in this league and he belongs in the, the mentions of the greatest quarterbacks in the game right now. You know, something else you have to take into account is who was Travis Etienne when we played them in week four, and who is he yeah. now? Because uh, he was splitting carries pretty significantly with James Robinson up to until the um the trade deadline and 
since then, he has ended up finishing, what is this? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 14th most attempts. And that doesn't take into account the fact that he was splitting carries, getting 10 carries a game, you know, the first six weeks of the season. So they have leaned on him pretty heavily. We already know Tra uh, Trevor Lawrence and him have history from their time together at Clemson. And he's become a dynamic threat for them. He's averaging 5.1 yards per carry as a starting running back. That's insane. That is the that's top six in the NFL right now. And a couple of those players aren't even starters on their own team. Khalil Herbert, Tony Pollard, who's a great back. But, like, you take those two players out who have significantly less carries, the only three players are anywhere near him in terms of average yards per game. And then taking into account that they have, you know, over 190 attempts. It's just Aaron Jones, Tony Pollard, and Travis Etienne. So he's extremely efficient at running the ball. He's got five rushing touchdowns on the season, and he's going to be one of the primary threats, I think, that that is going that we have to focus on going into this game. Yeah, and I like that you brought up ETN because uh, um, for me, I, I think he's a much more dynamic pass catcher out of the backfield than he is a runner. Now, I get that the, the average is really high, but you, I think you got to take into account the, the – this, the actual carries that he has, because that's kind of bottom half. He only averages 57 rushing yards a game. You mentioned his five rushing touchdowns, but he hasn't ran, broke the, the pylon with that ball since week 11. That was the last time he he scored a rushing touchdown. So in general, I think this, this Jags offense is very, very inconsistent. And I think they want to pass the ball more than they do want to establish the run because I, I like ETN. I think he's a great playmaker. He's not really a between the tackle type, and, and he's not even that has the power that say Austin Eckler has. I think he's a, a decent runner because, well, you look at that yard per carry average. I, I think it's just because he doesn't have as many carries on the year as Tony Pollard or the Aaron Jones, whoever else you mentioned. Um, so I, I think more. It's a, He's got yeah. more. He's got over 200 carries. He's like top 15 in total carries this season. In total carries, and he averages five. Then. Then, then that I think just speaks to what I what my main point was. Even if he's efficient and they're running the ball, they don't do it a whole lot if he's averaging 57 yards a game, right? They want to pass the ball. They're going to use him in the red zone. They're going to use him in short distances, but they're but not going to run you him. You have to take into account that Travis Etienne was only getting 10 carries on the early part of the season. He's got 1,100 yards this year. 1,100 yards. I saw that. He's been efficient. And while he hasn't been getting a whole lot of touches in the red zone, he's still been putting up massive amount of yards at different points during the season. I mean, for a rookie to get over, for any player to get over a thousand yards rushing, especially in today's NFL where it's a pass happy league, like you're doing something right. And I get yeah. that Travis Etienne is a threat out of the backfield, catching passes out of the backfield, right? He's got 316 yards and just 35 receptions on the year. 35 receptions in 17, 16, no, 17 games. That's like two catches a game. So even though he is a threat out of the backfield to catch the, the ball and, and run with it, I think he's dangerous in space. They haven't been utilizing him like that. They the, the, the Jaguars have four different players with over 500 yards receiving this season. Christian Kirk's got 1,100. Zay Jones got 800. Uh, Evan Ingram's got 766 
and Marvin Jones is over 500 as well. All of those guys are combining for 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 total touchdowns out of their top four wide receivers. And Travis Etienne doesn't have a single one. Kind of an interesting set. So they really have put a lot of emphasis on pulling the best out of uh, Trevor Lawrence that they can. And he's been much more efficient. Now, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the Jaguars game, but he misses like he misses some wide open players at times. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a phenomenal quarterback. I mean, if you look at him and Justin Herbert, there's a lot of similarities in their height, their arm strength, maybe not quite as strong, but he has some zip on that ball. There's a reason why uh, he made it to the college national championship just about every season he played. Uh, He's an extremely, extremely good player, but he's still coming up, right? He's on the up and up. I think that um, Urban Meyer really set him back last season. And now that he's got a competent coach, uh, he's on the up and up. He's going to be a top five quarterback in this league at some point in his career. It's just not going to be this season. I'm hoping we can take an advantage of of that um, come come playoffs, come Saturday. Yeah, I, I'm excited for, for this defense to get another shot at him. Um he was super efficient in that first meeting. And I think another, I guess, offensively, a big piece that we were, we didn't have week three was Keenan Allen, um, who is only has seven games. But like, if you take that stat line and, you know, elongated over the course of the season, this guy was on, on pace for a record year. Um, he, he has that potential to wreck the game. And again, I don't believe this pass defense is very good. Um, I think their their weaknesses play right into our strength. So I'm excited. I, I expect a big game from Keenan. And I, I'm not sure what we're going to, you know, how healthy or what, what version of um, Mike Williams we're going to get. Um, I just know that he's going to be a lot more productive when he is in that game with Keenan Allen lining up in the slot or on the other side of him because he, he's an absolute game changer. And I think we've been seeing that turn to the lineup. I think one of the things you have to take uh, a look at is Foyside Aluakon, 184 oh, tackles. Man. Anytime a player even comes close to approaching that 200 mark, like that's something special. That's a really, really special season. Uh, Rayshon Jenkins is second with 116 and Devin Lloyd. They got three players racking up over 100 yards in a single season. That's just crazy. Like that's that's insane. And then you take into account that Foyside Aluakon has more solo tackles than any of the rest of the players on his team. I mean, this guy is all over the field. If you can get him blocked up, just that one player blocked up, uh, I think it really opens up quite a bit. If you can kind of focus your run game, uh, potentially draw up some double teams, something like a a guard coming through uh, with a a pulling fullback and you really wall that off. Uh, Devin Lloyd's missed a lot of tackles this season. We know Rayshon Jenkins has issues finding angles to the ball carrier. Uh, if you can find some of those, you can spring some big runs against this defense. Uh, it is a good defense. They got a lot of good players. You look at Aluakon. I mean, they they spent so much money in free agency. Um, they got Darius Williams over there. Uh, Trayvon Walker was the, the, the first overall pick in the NFL draft. Um, they got a lot of guys on this team defensively that make you – kind of 
you, you got to watch them because they'll, they'll get some turnovers. Uh, they can get to the quarterback. They got, I don't know how many players with over five sacks this year. Um, it, it's a dangerous, dangerous. Uh, they only got one player with over five sacks. Take, I'll take that back. Anyways, I, I think that this defense is much better than people give them credit for. And it's a big reason why they're in the playoff. Yeah. Anytime a team gets into the playoffs, right. That, that is a, a accomplishment. I just believe the way they outclassed us, I, I think we're, we're we're just on a different level. I really do. And, and you look at Devin Lloyd. He had a great game against us week three. Three passes def, uh, defended. Also had an interception uh, when we were backed up in the goal line. They ended up turning that into seven points. Um, so you got a lot of young backs. You got a, a really good player in Josh Allen. I believe if he had another pass rush teammate, he would be a lot better than he is. I think you're able to kind of – just focus a lot of attention to him because he doesn't really have a, a Khalil Mack to his Joey Bosa, um, but still a very formidable player in his own right. I am still looking to flip-flop the turnover battle from, from that first meeting. We ended up turning the ball twice. Um, they ended up turning the ball over no times. And now taking a look at, at just Trevor Lawrence, he is he's thrown, he's turned the ball over 17 times this year. Um, eight of those are interceptions, so he doesn't throw a whole lot of, of ill-placed balls, but he does lead the league in fumbles lost. He has lost nine fumbles, and Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack are absolute strip sack artists. Um, you and you put in, in uh, Derwin James, who has a bunch of forced fumbles this year. I, I think you're looking at a fumble party. I hope we can get at least two of those because um, those are going to be absolutely crucial. It, it's a it's a important stat every week, um, especially in the playoffs when, when mistakes are limited um, and you've got to take advantage when they come. I expect to get after Trevor Lawrence early and often, and I think if we can do that, we're going to make him turn put the ball on the turf. And if we can jump on those, I, I think that's add some extra opportunities to Justin Herbert in this offense. I, I really like our chances if we can accomplish that. So – this is the Chargers' first playoff matchup in a couple years of traveling Let's all go. the way to Jacksonville. If you really take a look at who they could have played in the playoffs, yeah. I mean, they're going to the only warm weather place you could possibly go to because uh, the only other teams ahead of them with higher seating, the first uh, being the Bills, the second being Kansas City, the third being Cincinnati, that, I mean, they got extremely, extremely lucky with where they're playing in the playoffs. Um, playing in Jacksonville, I mean, that's about as nice as you're going to get at this time of the year. Uh, the only nicer place is going to be in Los Angeles. So I think that really plays into their favor. Um, and I think that this team overall probably has more experience uh, you're looking at a guy like Khalil Mack, who's been in the, the NFL for quite some time. You look at Corey Lindsley, right? Bryce Callahan has experience playing in the playoffs. Um, I Benoit think that playing is, very well right now. Yeah. Uh, I think that we are on the up and up, uh, and I'm hoping that we kind of learn from our mistakes last week against the Broncos. we come out hungry, and we really show this team because we're about as close to full health as you're possibly going to get come playoffs. I mean, the only players that we're missing on IR that were meant to play significant snaps this season, uh, Rayshon Slater, who should be coming back next week, uh, if not by the divisional round, definitely by the AFC Championship game. Uh, J.C. Jackson, 
which we haven't missed at all because he was more of a liability when he was on the field before he went to IR and the last player, player being Austin Johnson. No other team, no other player on this team was meant to play significant snaps uh, this season. We're, they're all back. Training wheels are off. Joey Bosa is going to be playing full uh, 90% of the snaps, I, if I had to guess. Uh, Mike Williams, we, we managed to, to override that scare, back spasms. Um, hopefully that doesn't, you know, chew up at him during the game. But we are we're about as full health as you possibly could get. No, I, I, I like I like the matchup, especially coming off an embarrassing loss like we had against the Broncos. This is the easiest path first round playoff game that, that we could have had. You're talking about possibly playing the Chiefs for a third time in Arrowhead, the Bills and Buffalo. The, either the Ravens or the Bengals. No, you get the Jaguars who embarrassed you. You have live game footage of this season against this team. Yeah, they're changed a little bit, but that is honestly instrumental to a, a brain like Staley. I can't wait to see the game plan that we develop because it's going to be new. We're going to throw some looks that we haven't shown all year. I can't wait for this thing to unfold because I I think it's going to be an absolutely exciting game from start to finish. And um, uh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be feeling this confident, but I am excited uh, for, for what's going to happen Saturday. Uh, the last thing I kind of want to touch on, uh, if you're a Chargers fan, you should be rooting for a Ravens and a Dolphins win. Yeah. It's the only chance that you get at hosting a playoff game again this year is one of those seeds making it further. Because, I mean, the number one and number two seed are going to play the number six and seven seed, right? I think that the really the most realistic chance that we go and get a home game will be in the AFC Championship. And the goal, and my kind of bet, and, and it really kind of depends on if Tua Tagovailoa is going to be back after being out with a concussion for three weeks. Uh, I think the Dolphins are extremely dangerous. They can jump out the quick leads. They have a player who led the NFL in interceptions for like two seasons in a row. Uh, it only takes two mistakes to blow a game completely out of the water. So I'm really hoping for a win in Buffalo by the Dolphins. And it's really hard to go from the Dolphins to Kansas City, uh, but that's what they would have to do. If that scenario works out and we went out, we're going to be getting a home game in the AFC Championship. How sweet would that be? That would be awesome. Um, but I, I can't even think that far ahead. Like first things first, right? You can't overlook your opponent. They. I'm not us. overlooking. You're I'm just, just looking at a scenario be awesome. where I get to go to another game this season. That would be awesome. No, I'm rooting for every Charger fan. I'm rooting for me. I'm rooting for this team. Um, I'm excited. It's time to put it all together. I think you know we were six and six at one point all injured, battled, or beat up, looked like we weren't going anywhere. All of a sudden, we rattle off four straight wins and look like one of the best teams during that span. Uh, and, and so you've seen, you've seen, you've seen the lows, you've seen the highs, you've seen the potential. I don't even think we've reached our full potential, but you've seen us glimpse that. Um, I think we've hit our full stride this playoff games, and I think it starts with this, uh, this fir our first opponent in the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, well, I guess we'll uh, we'll see how this game ends up playing out. What do you think of the final score? Um, let's go. I'm going 33-20 Chargers. Uh, I need a big. I need a big rebound game. Uh, we can put up points big, 
Um, I'm expecting two turnovers. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to say Justin Herbert's going to stay clean, uh, 320 yard performance with three touchdowns. Um, and he's going to spread those out evenly. Keenan's going to get one. He's going to get one. And, um, I like, uh, Parham down there in the, in the red zone. Uh, before I kind of give mine, uh, I think it's important to talk about the Chargers injury report. One player did not practice. It was Mike Williams. You got a full practice from Joey Bosa, Bryce Callahan, Xander Horvath, Kenneth Murray, Eamon Ogbong-Bamiga, and Trey Pipkins. Uh, for the Jaguars, did not practice. They have a long snapper on there. That could potentially lead to uh, a blocked punt or a missed field goal, depending on, on how that situation uh, works out. Uh their kicker, Riley Patterson, also did not practice. So there's some issues to the special teams room that we should probably take a look at. Uh, limited is going to be Jamal Agnew, Trevor Lawrence, and Brandon Sharif. Uh, with, armed with that knowledge, um, I think this game could be broken out if, if there is an issue to their special teams units. Uh, something kind of like, a, let's go with like a 13-27 a game chargers. And they're yeah. going to miss a couple field goals along the way. Uh, that's potential. And I wasn't expecting like uh, a, two touchdowns with a missed field goal. And that's all they're able to, to get. So something to monitor how it uh, banged up are the Chargers. Not very much. I think that's something you can uh, look at as a positive sign as we head into uh, the wild card. Closing remarks, Zach. It's playoff football, baby. I can't wait. Uh, I've, I've said it. I can't even put it back into words. I've already said it. Let's go. I'm going to be waiting all week for Saturday night. Um, couldn't come soon enough, honestly. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. And hopefully we'll be talking next week with something good, some good news. Let's to talk go. About.